Hi everyone and welcome back or welcome to From Scribble to Skyrocket, a podcast about preparing for a change you'd like to make and in my case the change I'm preparing for is my gap year or sabbatical or gap year. Yeah, April is here, like the dreaded April is here, the April that, you know, marks the start of our pockets shrinking of our money shrinking actually let me not say our money shrinking because um i do wish everyone abundance of money etc etc so definitely not our money shrinking but let's say our purchasing power shrinking yep you know the whole energy prices national insurance contributions and obviously everything else that was before april anyway supermarkets just oh just everything everything and any everything that was before april anyway you know petrol general inflation it's just yeah it is all a bit mad at the moment and yeah i just thought you know it seems like a good time to talk about money because yeah money is a key factor anyway and i think it follows on quite well from previous episodes and i'm pretty sure you'll you'll figure out how and so disclaimer disclaimer i am not a financial advisor nothing in this episode is financial advice so i'm going to say that again i'm not a financial advisor nothing in this episode is financial advice i don't want to hear martha said no 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 there is no martha said please (laughs) please (laughs) i am just sharing like again my relationship and attitude towards money and how that has changed so for context i i don't come from money like i i do not come from money i come from i guess what people would call a working class family a single parent household although i don't come from money i have never ever lacked like i haven't lacked in my childhood I haven't lacked in my studenthood, is that a word? Doesn't matter. And I haven't lacked in my adulthood thus far, and I pray to God it stays that way. I was fortunate, or I am rather, she's alive. I am fortunate to have a very hardworking mother who made sure of that. She made sure, my sister and I, we never lacked. She made sure that we never missed out on anything, etc., etc. There's, like, there's nothing... She kind of, she made sure that we would not be able to say, oh, I couldn't go on that school trip because there was no money. Or I couldn't do that because of whatever. Like, that, that was never a thing, like, ever. And as I mentioned in a previous episode, I've I've always worked. Like, I have always worked. I've always found a way to ensure I had an income one way or another. And whether it was, like, through doing hair. I remember in secondary school, I was... Oh, my God. I was um, selling makeup testers from the lockers at school. I know, you know, people bought them because I was literally selling them for like a pound and like lip gloss and stuff. 
I was selling them for like a pound. People were buying them. The same way people were, you know, selling chewing gum and coke and stuff from their lockers. Mine was the makeup one. And yeah, I made, made quite a couple of coins back then. And, but yeah, my point is I just always, I've always found a way to get an income wherever I go. So at uni, although I worked at Nando's during uni, I still found an opportunity to teach after lectures and stuff on like Monday evenings and I was teaching Dutch to Erasmus students so things like that there's there always seem I don't know when it comes to opportunity like that I seem to find them I seem to find them or I don't know whether I seek them out or my eyes are open wherever it is however my relationship with money was bad it was it was just bad I had a student overdraft so I had a student account when I started uni at 18 and that came with um, an overdraft so free overdraft and that was my first time also having access to credit and I think I felt like and not just at 18 but also like the years after I just felt like because it was there it could be used like because I had access to it, it had to be spent. And, you know, as long as I pay it back, it's it's fine. And my attitude to debt in general was just, it was just bad. It was just bad. And, like, while some people are, like, scared of debt, they get sleepless nights, whatever, whatever, I I didn't. I, I wasn't scared of debt. I just felt as long as I can pay my bills, as long as I can pay my expenses, I am good. I'm good. And I think the issue also the issue was I just had bad spending habits and also didn't really have a lot to show for it. So if someone asked me, where's your money gone? Listen, <laughs> I couldn't like I could not be able to tell you. I wish I was able to kind of like I don't know. Like I wish I was able to, you know, whether it's expensive items clothing whatever luxury items and should say okay this is where all my money went or whether it's to dig up like really luxurious holiday pictures and say this is where my money went I couldn't like I couldn't do that I couldn't do that and like for example early in my working life uh, yeah I'll walk you through like my day as a I think I was a graduate at the time like, I walk you through my day. It was, <laughs> even looking back, it's just like, oh, cringe. But for example, I used to buy Starbucks for my commute, right? And I'd drink it on the train. And then when I got into London, so at that time I lived outside of London. When I got into London, I'd buy porridge from Pret because I was obsessed with porridge from Pret just before I got to the office to eat that there. And when it came to buying like lunch, I was pretty 50-50. Like some days I'll have a packed lunch, some days I'd buy food outside. And often I'd also buy something on the way home. And yeah, you can kind of see how all these, especially food related things, are just chipping away at my pocket. I mean, there was a time where I had three active gym memberships, three active gym memberships. Like, I had one near work, one near home, and a swimming one, which was near the station. And for me and the gym, convenience is, like, 
convenience is a big thing. It has to be on my way somewhere because otherwise I won't go. So, and I felt at the time, enabled for me to do that, I needed three gym memberships so that if I'm at home on the weekend or whatever, I can go to the one near home. I can go lunchtime, the one near work. And, you know, either morning or after work, I can go to the one, I can go swimming by the station. It's, yeah, I mean, it sounds so ridiculous mentioning it now. It's just like, ugh, I'm actually, like, <laughs> I'm actually cringing thinking about it. But, yeah. I had, I'm cringing because I I had no business doing that. I had no business doing that whatsoever. And even now, I I still have no business doing that. I don't need three gym memberships. I really, really don't. There are efficient ways of doing these things. So yeah, I just had bad money behaviours really and a lack of discipline. And I think... What got me there in the first place as well is a combination of FOMO and also like I do like to give, so like giving beyond my means. I'd say that's probably what got me there in the first place. But yeah, so as I mentioned, my attitude towards it was just really was just really relaxed. Maybe a bit too relaxed. Maybe I was just in denial, but I didn't know I was in denial. That's also a possibility. Cause yeah, I just felt, you know. As long as I can pay my bills, as long as I can pay my expenses, I can pay my travel to work, etc., etc., it's fine. So it was just a continuous cycle, really. But yeah, like I said, I think I was maybe just a bit in denial, so I didn't necessarily know how to break out of it. Or maybe I wasn't ready to put in the work as well, nor did I really know where to start. As the years went on, I started having like more bank accounts with more overdrafts and a credit card and you know so that it just it just piles on it just piled on and so it got to a point where I realized that if I wanted something a bit more beyond my day-to-day beyond my bills and expenses that I couldn't afford it because I'm just like whoa that would actually really really leave me out of pocket and that's what started to bother me and Obviously, my access to credit had a limit, and as you could tell from my previous bad behaviours, my credit score wouldn't have been great, so that would also diminish my access to further credit to, um, yeah, to pay for anything that I wanted, really. So that's when it really, really hit me that I was like, okay, actually, I ought to do something, like, I ought to actively do something about it. I would have never entertained the idea of a sabbatical at that time because, yeah, I don't know. I'm, I don't like leaving burdens behind. I say burdens. It, it would have been a burden to myself, obviously. But I don't like, like leaving debt behind. That's weird. Like, that wouldn't sat well in me. Whether it's like me in the cycle of it, okay, fine. But to kind of like, you know, just up and leave and just leave it behind and that idea of not being able to kind of like pay that off no 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 that that just wouldn't sat well with me yeah now that would have just been impossible like I just I just needed to do something about it and there was this financial literacy podcast that I used to listen to it's an American one um I forgot the name I forgot the name of it 
uh, um, ah, I think it's called From Balance to Pay, Balance and Paychecks or something like that. I can't remember. I can't remember. But obviously, um, yeah, the American financial, um, I'm just going to call it landscape because I don't really have a word for it. <laughs> but it's obviously very different to the UK. So a lot of things that they spoke about wouldn't necessarily be directly applicable but they spoke about a lot of useful tips in terms of how they reduced or eliminated their debts etc and achieved financial freedom yada 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 and this was a podcast that always had guest speakers on there as well and they spoke about their experience and there was this one woman on the podcast she said you can afford anything, but not everything. And I was like, wait, 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 wait. I had to like rewind. I had to rewind that bit because, and I was walking to the station to go to work. Like I, you know, when it just hit different, it, that, it just hit different. So she said, you can afford anything, not everything. And it was just like, yeah. You're actually right. <laughs> you're, you're right. You can't afford everything. And I feel like once you understand that, it just gets really, it just gets easier. And then it just gets to, like, it's about being intentional about your spending and making sure you get value out of the money that you that you spend. So it just, it just made sense. It makes getting the things that you want easier and foregoing the unnecessary things that you don't need. Yeah. So it was just about, it's about making sure that you get value out of what you spend and that you're intentional about what you spend and about how you spend and realising, basically it's just prioritising really. It's just prioritizing and redirecting. The way you redirect your energy to the things that bring you joy, you redirect your money to the things that bring you most value. It just, it just made sense. It just made sense. And the penny really, really dropped for me. The penny, like, it just, yeah, I just got it. And yeah, I feel like that's when I really actively started to, um, my journey to being debt free. So I started reviewing my expenses in a lot of detail because sometimes you have these recurring payments and you don't even know where they came from. You don't know. Well, I knew when I signed up for it, but I just couldn't necessarily keep track. Like I remember I was um, paying a subscription to The Economist because I just love, I love their platform. I like reading, you know, the Economist and I just wanted access to that but it was like every now and again they'll take 40 pounds out of your account and I just didn't know when that was why that was it was just yeah so it, it was things like that that I'm just like hold on this needs to go this needs to go I was lowering bills where I could and like by shopping around looking for a better deal whether it's broadband you know your gas electric that type of stuff and because yeah, I was just a bit lazy when it came to switching. Except for car insurance, though. I always shopped around for car insurance. <laughs> but when it came to, like, household bills, I just, yeah, 
I just didn't put that much effort in trying to get the best deal and that type of stuff. So I did that as well and, you know, started switching. And when it came to the debt itself, I did what they call the snowball method. So that is when you start with your smallest debt first and then you go on to the bigger ones, bigger ones, bigger ones. I know some people say you have to start with your most expensive one first. So I think this snowball method would work if, you know, if all of your debts are 0% interest, that type of stuff. But that's that was my method. I just started with the smallest and just, you know, started paying towards it. Stopped buying, well, let me not say stop, that would be a lie. I reduced my buying of like Starbucks on the way to work, things like that. Gave myself a budget for the week. I just started making changes. I had I had like three different overdrafts and a credit card. And I think my debt was just under £5,000. So, yeah, it was just under £5,000. But because they were in so many different places, I had to consolidate it to a 0% you know, balance transfer just to make it easier to manage and to keep track. I took on a second job, which I did on a couple of weekends a month. And that just also went straight towards debt repayment. And yeah, in all of this, in all of this, there's this one thing that I also did. There was this one thing that I also did, which was like, ugh, I had to gather all my courage to do this. I don't know, some people are a bit more open, but I, I I had to learn it. I had to learn it. I mean, even sharing what I'm sharing today and just talking about this and just trying to be transparent, probably maybe even two years ago that I would have cringed at the idea of like, oh my God, I'm talking about like what I was like with money. <laughs> on a podcast and it's going to be published like ugh. but I feel I don't know I, f- I feel it's just important to you know it's a part of life it's important to talk about it but yeah anyway so I had to g- gather all my courage to do this and it was to tell my mum it was to tell my mum that I was in debt and I was in this cycle and yeah and it was just really scary for me to do because I was really really embarrassed and I guess the reason I was so embarrassed is because I, um, yeah, like I said, I had nothing to show for it. Like if she constantly saw me with new things, new clothes, although I did buy, I did buy a lot of clothes though, to be fair. There were clothes that I didn't even wear. But yeah, it was just, I didn't have anything to show for it. So I was just really embarrassed. And I was so embarrassed that I couldn't tell her the full extent of my debt. I just, I just couldn't. I just couldn't. Yeah, she was she was disappointed that I didn't tell her this earlier. However, she offered to help, which I accepted because I feel that if someone is willing and in a position to help you, there is no shame in accepting help. So I did. So I accepted her help. We agreed that she would cover my bills for a month so that my salary would clear my student overdraft and whatever was left, whatever surplus that was left, that was for me to live on for that month. 
that was just a bread and water month for me. Now nah, I'm just joking. It was more of a there's rice at home month. But it was, you know, I just kept my expenses really low. I just, I didn't do any like social things whatsoever. I um, kept my food shop really low. The price, like the cost of my food shop really, really low by basically just cooking whatever was in the freezer and in the cupboards. And my food shop then only consisted of fruits and vegetables. Obviously, there's always rice in the house. So that was there as well. You'd be surprised how long you can actually live of the things you have in your freezer and your cupboard. Anyway, if you're anything like me, every there's so much in the freezer. But yeah, so it was, yeah, it was a hard month though. It was a hard month because, you know, these were habits that I had formed because I think... I think when it comes to like lack of financial discipline, when it comes to spending, it's it's not even necessarily about the things that you buy. I've, I sometimes feel and I've caught myself out that it's it's more of that it's more of a habit. It's more you know if you do something routinely, you realize that even when you don't need the item, i.e. the coffee on the way to work, it's just routine. So you just go out of routine, not because of anything. So. You know, withholding from that, it was just like, oof, that was hard for me. But she held me accountable. And she held me accountable for clearing the rest, making sure that, you know, I had a zero interest account, so I wasn't paying more than what I had borrowed. And I regularly, like, shared my repayment plan with her. I remember I had to, like, screenshot my um, my online banking to prove that I had closed the um, overdraft facility and stuff like that so she has so it was it was really helpful it was yeah but it was it was hard because I generally find it hard to accept help anyway so we're not really taught to talk about money um I mean I don't know how open you are about money your earnings to your family members and stuff but at the time that was just a really difficult thing to do whereas now I happily share everything with her so her help and you know put and consolidating my debt has just made everything so much easier to manage. I just felt like I had a bit more oversight about um you know what I could do financially and about what my how to manage my money really. And I know there are debates about whether you should clear your debt first or start saving first and I don't know. I think it's up to you. As long as your debt is not, you know, expensive, I don't see why you can't save and clear at the same time. But then I do think, anyway, this is just my personal opinion, that if you are saving and paying your debt at the same time, depending on the amount of your debt, maybe you should, you know, maybe the division should be a bit more towards your debt than your savings. But that's just my opinion. Having everything in one place just made it easier to you know, have a set amount going out each month and, yeah, paying it off, essentially. And I started saving at the same time. And the thing about saving, I find that, and I'm pretty sure many people do, saving is a luxury. Like, we we know saving is a luxury. You need to be able to afford to save. However, as much as it's a luxury, it is also very much a habit 
Some people are just natural savers. Others aren't. I definitely wasn't. And it's a habit that needs building it. It was a habit that I needed to build. Yeah, so I was saving. um, Not a lot. But I was saving consistently. So that whenever it got to the time that I had finished off paying the credit card, which means that I could then direct redirect that same money towards the savings account because that habit is already there. I'm already used to seeing that go out and I kind of already adjusted my budget to it, etc. So yeah, I just treated everything like a bill. I remember when, this is going to sound so silly, but I remember buying a flight to Miami. It was meant to be a trip to Miami in 2020, which sadly didn't happen because of COVID. And yeah, and I bought that flight with the money that I saved. Like it was a, are they called sunk funds? I can't remember what they're called, but you know when you just assign money for a specific item. So that's what I did. And so I did that, saved over a couple of months and I bought a ticket. And I was just really proud of myself. This will sound so sad, but I was just, really proud of myself that I made a purchase without like feeling squeezed that month for example or without credit without buy now pay later that I just genuinely saved for something I just felt like I was a kid that saved her pocket money (laughs) but no and I remember talking to my friend about this and I was just I was just genuinely ecstatic I was like oh my god I actually saved for something and bought it that's like wow so speaking of covid i took that opportunity to aggressively i say aggressively clear my debt and um yeah and save of course and i even took on a bit of risk by investing so obviously learning a bit more I won't lie, I fell into the whole lockdown investing FOMO trap because, yeah, financial influences, I confess. But I think, luckily, I didn't lose a lot of money because I'm quite a risk-averse person anyway. But luckily, I just did took the time to do some proper research and some proper reading and started investing a bit more sustainably. But I think more importantly, it gave me a freedom that I just didn't have before. It gave me a type of freedom that in a way just didn't seem possible. It was just unimaginable to me. And I was able to kind of like give wholeheartedly in ways I wasn't before. And like I mentioned before, one of the causes of me kind of being in that cycle of debt was because I just like giving. But you can't, you know, you know, when they say you can't pour from an empty cup. Well, somehow, somehow I was pouring from an empty cup and yeah, basically the cup just disintegrated. <laughs> That's such a terrible analogy. Anyway, but um, yeah, so I was able to give in ways that I wanted to give without having to look back and without feeling like, oh, And, you know, I was able to direct my money to things that I really wanted and that I really got value out of. And I'd say my attitude has just, it's just completely changed. I'm just a bit more frugal now. And in terms of like 
you know, I think they say housing, food and transport are like your three biggest expenses, aren't they? However, I believe that clothes and food and food in terms of eating out are definitely up there in top two money wasters. I did not Google this, by the way, so I could be wrong, but (laughs) I have a feeling anyway. Uh, For a long time now, I've become more intentional with the clothes I buy. I've been doing that for a couple of years now, only because I, I just felt that I had too many items. I had too many bits and pieces that I just never wore. So a lot of them I either shipped to Ghana or charity shop or car boot sale. I just I just didn't wear these clothes so I just I got rid of them I was you know shrinking my wardrobe and I just you know I got basics classics and timeless pieces just as and when I needed them I only came across the term capsule wardrobe the other day and that is essentially when you limit your wardrobe to I think a maximum of 50 pieces I think some people say it's even I think some people say it's 33 I don't know But I guess that's kind of what I'm building, although I'm not necessarily counting the amount of clothing, pieces, shoes, whatever, bags, whatever it is I have. But I don't know, because I just realised, and I think lockdown has definitely enforced this as well. But generally, I realised every time I'm washing my clothes, I'm just washing the same things. I tend, anyway, for me, I just tend to wear the same type of clothes anyway. So everything else just felt a bit extra. It could go. I I just wanted to simplify things. I didn't realise I was building a capsule wardrobe, if that's what I'm doing, don't know. But I just wanted to simplify things. I love, love, love zero-based budgeting. It basically means that every penny has a job. Every penny has a job. Whether it's to save, whether it's to invest, whether it's to spend every penny has a job and I don't believe in that restrictive um, budgeting you still have to be realistic and I feel it should be goal oriented but I think the key is more you know being disciplined and intentional and the thing is when it comes to budgeting I find budgeting can you know in a way be like dieting it, it can be quite taxing it can be taxing on your mental health because you can put so much pressure on yourself for it. And I don't think that should be the case. I don't think, you know, being frugal, for example, should impact your mental health or should mean you're depriving yourself from certain things that you absolutely love doing or that are important to you. So, for example, for me, I, like... I still buy expensive coffees, just not often, but it's something that I like. I like coffee. I like buying it outside. I like walking around with a coffee cup. Yeah, the I don't know, but these are things that I quite like. I don't skimp out on a gym membership, for example. Luckily, I've been able to find a gym with a pool, which is near home and quite convenient, and it's multi-access. So the convenience part is there, the pool is there. So it ticks all my boxes for what I used to have, you know, three different memberships for. And yes, I pay a bit more for it as well than I would if I just wanted something a bit more basic. But you can find me there all the time. But that's just something I don't skimp on. 
However, there are other things where, you know, I do cut back on. For example, I know, my food shop is like 20 to 25 pounds a week. But that's also because I have an allowance for eating out or for, you know, eating out with friends and stuff like that. My phone bill is like eight pounds. Do you know what I mean? So my my expenses aren't that high anymore. Just swap things out. I don't know. I feel like in the UK especially, there are many ways or resources that allow you to be a bit more efficient with your money. Don't get me wrong. I do have periods where I'm just like... Any money where I get that enjoyment. I I mean, I definitely do have those periods where I'm just like, you know what? I feel like I've been disciplined enough. I'm going to be a bit more laxed this month. And I feel like that's absolutely fine. As long as I'm on track, I'm okay with that. But it's just, I just find, you know, because at the end of the day, you can't come and kill yourself. And you still, you still need to live life. You still need to enjoy you know what's around you what life has to offer you still need to do all of that so it's not all about save 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 clear debt clear debt clear debt and not live so uh, these things can all be done at the same time I feel anyway but I mean I appreciate that people's situation might be a bit different money whether you have it or your attitude towards it whatever it is it's just it just plays a role. Like We can't deny that it plays a role in your belief on your ability on doing something or not, or on taking, I guess, a leap or not. It is a factor because at the end of the day, financial security is something that I want to say is something we all want. I'm going to say it's something most people want and strive for and so it's not something that you know that can be ignored and i realized that and i'm pretty sure that if i had my old mindset and my old attitude towards money i wouldn't be thinking about a gap year absolutely not so i guess in that way although i'm not like financial free but being debt free has definitely broadened my thinking and my confidence in I guess in one in pursuing things that I wouldn't have otherwise done I don't know so in a way although yes money you know they say money buys freedom I guess being debt-free does as well so it's not I don't feel like it's necessarily the abundance of it but just also you know that okay you have the peace of mind of you don't owe anything to anyone and you can basically do what you want. The reason I felt it was important to kind of like share this journey with you is because previously, like five years ago, again, the idea of a gap year from a financial point of view would have, it would have just held me back. Like this was a massive barrier for me in terms of even thinking about even entertaining a gap year, about taking a year out. I'm like, taking a year out and not earning, how am I going to pay my bills? How am I going to pay my debt? And no. So it was easier to work because you're repaying. And, you know, but then again, you're just in that cycle. Because, but then it was like, you know, money is coming in and money will go back out to your creditors, etc. So... It was just that, you know, it's being stuck in that loop. And I'm grateful that I got out of it. 
I got out of it. I am grateful that and fortunate because I recognize not everyone might be in this position, but I'm fortunate that I was able to get some help, although it was really difficult for me to, I guess it's also a pride thing, really, but how can I be proud? <laughs> like it's my mum, how can I? But anyway, like I said, we're not taught to talk about money like that. So it was it was just hard, but I'm grateful that it has worked out the way it has and that I had enough shame to, um, how do you say that? You know what, this would have sounded so much better in house in my head, <laughs> but it's like, I have enough shame and respect for my mom that, okay, the fact that she has helped me, I owe it obviously to her and to myself to clear this debt because otherwise it would have just been for nothing. And obviously I don't want to take the piss. So that in itself also really drove me. I didn't realize how much it held me back, how much, I guess, money was a factor in, I guess, in the previous episode, the goal setting episode, as to why I felt it wasn't possible to dream big, you know, as to money being, and especially this journey of being debt free, also playing into the fear of, oh my God, I'm on this like, I guess, financial journey, so to speak. What if there's a pause? What if I lose momentum in that, as I spoke about in the previous episode? I guess it all just, you know, interlinks, but it's going to be fine. I feel like everything is going to work itself out. So there will definitely be an episode that is more specific to the gap year itself in terms of how I'm going to finance the gap year. And yeah, so that's kind of like, I'm still in the workings because yeah, as you know, it's kind of like ongoing. I'm figuring it out as we go along. So so it's not as if I've all done it before and I'm just kind of like saying, okay, so this is what I've done and da 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 because I haven't done it before. And I'm just in the process. I'm just in the process. Yeah, so as soon as I know, you'll know. Anyway, thank you for listening to this episode and yeah let me know what you think rate and review and feel free to you know send me a dm on instagram scribble to skyrocket or if you prefer email that is fine it's scribble to skyrocket at gmail.com i have something in store for you in the next episode which i'm quite excited about so tune in to find out and I'll speak to you then. Thanks for listening.